The Earth wants you, children. The Earth wants you. <laughs> the Earth wants us. To do what? The turn of the a century ago, there was a famous military poster, and it said, Uncle Sam wants you. And it was about getting boys and young men to go to Europe to get mowed down by guns, Gatling guns and mustard gas. And so we believe the earth wants us for peace. You know, the, the, the moral equivalent of war is to work for the earth. That's what we're going to do for the next hour. Right? Yes, Amen. yes. And this is a production of the Church of Stop Shopping. Mm-hmm. And I wish you would stop shopping. And uh, let's stop shopping this particular, mm-hmm. this is Buy Nothing Weekend here in no, no, retail no. Let me land. reframe that. This is Buy Nothing Life, Buy Nothing Year, Buy Nothing Month, Buy Nothing. Stop shopping, Amen. people. Not just for a day, not just for a week. Stop shopping. <laughs> Change your life. And that is Savitri D. Mm-hmm. Now she's, she's, she's in the pulpit, pounding the pulpit. And uh, I don't the have to nothingness it. needs to spread across our entire lives. Because, listeners, you know this. <laughs> you have common sense. You have the practical wisdom of the ages inside of you. And We're you know on the mountain today. what shopping does to the earth. And not just to the earth, to your family, to yourself, to your soul, to your wallet, to your home, to your closet, to the soil outside your home. I mean, where does it stop? The shopping got to stop well american retail life it drives climate change it's it's based on fossil fuel it's even taken over our language look at what you just said what what did I just american say? retail drives oh, fossil fuel. drives oh yeah there, there, there you go let's get out i'm of, gonna shoot you an email no, well, no, no don't no, shoot no. me an email don't shoot me <laughs> stop shopping stop shooting and they're making guns now out of plastic mm-hmm. so they're making guns out of fossil fuel you know, there's a there's energy here today. You may feel it. It's a little bit uh, what is it? Bonkers. We've got we've got disaster the on the mind. We've here got with us right now. We've got the border on the mind. We've got disasters on the mind. We're uh, we're struggling today to just get our feet under our hips and Those stand hundreds up. Those hundreds of people that 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 broke through the fence and started running across the border. That faith, that love, no border. That dissolving of the border you become the earth you become the earth all borders all walls are eaten by the earth and dissolved back into the compost heap of life you have the faith at that moment and that's a faith we want for ourselves as well that's right open the borders there should be no border there's an amazing uh, digital tool I, I encountered last night. I think it's on the Washington Post's website. It's a flyover of the entire U.S.-Mexico border uh, in 3D, you know, with like relief maps underneath you that shows all the entries and exits and like where there's a wall and where there isn't a wall. Oh my God. Really interesting Good to go. Also just to get a sense of the the vastness of the Sonoran Desert, uh, to see Chihuahua there, you know, to see how these towns just suddenly emerge out of this incredible desert go check it out if you can find it and you can avoid that paywall at the washington post there's an app for everything now and i'm i'm glad to report there's an app uh in which all military personnel get a good job somewhere else that's right there's another app for uh uh, donald trump and i have an app taken to the the uh i have an app for adam and eve (laughs) you're gonna start the human race over yeah with an app with an app you're going to start it all over again. 
Hallelujah. This is a good radio. This is a good hour we're into right here. This is we're, oh we're gonna, my God. Miracles are at work here. And we're not going to go to Silicon Valley for them. We're going to go to the earth. A little later in the show, we have some reporting straight from the border. Our friend Ravi Ragbir down there yesterday afternoon uh, at the Tijuana border uh, with... uh, Ravi's uh, down there, David Brooks. A number of the people that were on stage with us in Joe's Pub this Sunday sainted uh, the, the sanctuary movement people from New York City were sainted and they were just, they were on their way to the airport to go. Uh, down to San Diego to join, starting a legal clinic to help people as they come through and and ask for asylum, which we know is just a process of putting people in concentration camps at this point. So having really sharp, aggressive lawyers who can, you know, find out, you know, they've had two-year-olds facing judges by themselves and so we have to have, we have to have, everybody has to have representation. The innovation that New Sanctuary Coalition has uh, brought to the table is the Pro Se Clinic, which it actually teaches people to represent themselves and allows non-lawyers to represent people. And that's the remarkable thing about it, is that people advocate for themselves and that there's a process in which they can do that. And they can seek asylum and be granted asylum without professionals in the way. Or in the process, or without money. Okay, let's go to a song. We've got uh, Bernardo Palumbo here, a great uh, Spanish teacher and uh, Argentine who lives here in New York. Uh, And here he is at El Taller, his language school, singing this beautiful song for immigrants. Bernardo Palumbo.
It's time for news from the natural world. With Savitri D. Are you up to it? Listeners, I welcome you. You have some good news as well? I don't promise that. Okay, no promises. 
Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. During the 1960s and 70s, the Soviet Union dumped several hundred containers with solid radioactive waste in the Blagopoluchi Bay in Novaya Zemlya. At the time, the waters were covered with ice most of the year. The bay, located in the northern part of the Russian Arctic archipelago, is now ice-free, increasing parts of the year. Researchers have discovered a quickly growing number of snow crabs. In this year's research expedition to the remote waters, the researchers were overwhelmed by the numbers. According to the Institute, the crab invasion can be described as an avalanche. The number of snow crabs in the area is now estimated to almost 14,000 per hectare. South Africa's high court has ruled that government officials must first obtain consent from affected communities before they can grant mineral rights, a landmark legal victory for environmental activists who have fought a years-long battle to stop a proposed titanium mine in South Africa's Pondoland region. New research finds that the canopies of tropical forests get significantly hotter than the surrounding air. As global warming uh, raises the temperature extremes around the world, scientists worry that this means the treetops of rainforests and the wildlife that live in them could fare poorly in the future. They found high temperatures could also diminish tropical forests' ability to remove greenhouse gases from the air, reducing their effectiveness as carbon sinks at a time when the world needs them most. Mm. The short fin mako which can reach speeds of up to 43 miles per hour, that's a shark, the short fin mako shark, is fished worldwide but is not subject to any international fishing quotas. It is considered exceptionally vulnerable in the North Atlantic, where scientists have recommended all landings be reduced by at least two-thirds to prevent overfishing. Landings as a means taking Pulling out of the water. Them. EU fishing vessels were responsible for 65% of all reported catches of North Atlantic makos last year. The vast majority of those catches were landed by Spain and Portugal, the short fin mako is the fastest shark in the world. 43 miles per hour, people. In small villages along the eastern coast of Bangladesh, researchers have noticed an unexpectedly high rate of miscarriage. Scientists following pregnant women through until the end of their pregnancies found that women in the coastal plains, living within 12 miles of the coastline and seven meters above sea level, were 1.3 times more likely to miscarry than women who live inland. This difference, the scientists believe, is to do with the amount of salt in the water the women drink, the increase of which is caused by climate change. Mm. And you know the fisher people of Bangladesh who also grow rice are really are just under pressure from climate change, already moving upland every year. Rapidly growing number of cases of chronic wasting disease are appearing on deer and elk farms and hunting ranches in Wisconsin. At the same time, the state has pulled back on rules and procedures designed to limit the spread of the fatal brain disease among its captive and wild deer. So they fence some of these, uh, you know, hunting farms. But as anyone who's ever seen a deer knows, a fence does almost nothing to stop a deer. More than 140 pilot whales have died on a remote New Zealand beach, the latest in a recent string of whale strandings and deaths in the country. A hiker camping in the remote location told authorities of the tragedy with the number of whales equating to two full pods. At least half of the whales were dead by the time help arrived. The reasons for whale strandings are not fully understood, but contributing factors can include sickness, navigational error, geographical features, a rapidly falling tide, being chased by a predator, or extreme weather. 
New Zealand has one of the highest rates of whale strandings in the world, with an average of 300 whales and dolphins beaching themselves every year. Last year, more than 400 pilot whales were stranded in Golden Bay, the largest whale stranding in New Zealand's history, although hundreds of locals participated in a mass civilian rescue. Wow, more than 300 cool. of those whales died. Is there, are there something particular to, to the currents around New Zealand that make that happen? No, they don't really know. There's so many factors. Brazil has released its worst annual deforestation figures in a decade amid fears that the situation might worsen when the avowedly anti-environmentalist president-elect Jair Bolsonaro takes power. Yes, they should worry that's going to happen. Between August 2017 and July 2018, 7,900 square kilometers were deforested, according to preliminary figures, a 13.7% rise on the previous year and the biggest area of forest cleared since 2008. The area is equivalent to 987,000 football pitches. That's almost a million football fields. The news was met by dismay from environmentalists. Yes, and those of us who call ourselves tree huggers. Construction at a Chinese ecotourism zone is believed to have caused the death of 6,000 critically endangered Chinese sturgeon. A bridge in Hubei province was being built close to a farm on the Yangtze River which was breeding the long-living fish. A Chinese news site said the deaths were directly linked to the shocks, noises, and changes of water sources. All work has been halted while investigations are carried out. The Chinese sturgeon species dates back more than 140 million years. Individual fish can grow up to 16 feet in length and can live for up to 60 years, but will only spawn a few times during their life. Mm. New research suggests a link between parental sucking on a pacifier and lower allergic response among young children. So mom, dad, feel free to just suck on that pacifier to clean it off. Go ahead. You don't need that wet wipe. If the parents... Say that again. If the parents suck Parent? on the pacifier to clean it, like oh. you pick it up and just suck on it a little to oh. make sure there's nothing on it, right. uh, that helps with your kids' allergies. Very Researchers good. exposed some uh, of these foraging ants. It's a whole colony of foraging ants. And researchers exposed them to the spores of Metarhizium bruneum fungus. The spores attach to an ant's cuticle, and after a day or two, the fungus gets inside the ant and kills it. Within one day of exposure to the pathogen, before ants became sick, they began to separate themselves from their work group so as not to spread the pathogen. So somehow these ants know that they're sick. Exposed foragers change their behavior, spending even more time outside the nest and decreasing their contact with other workers. Foragers that were not exposed to the pathogen also took steps to isolate themselves, and nurses moved the brood deeper inside the nest. It's not clear how the ants recognize the infection, but they may be able to detect the spores on other ants as well as on their own bodies. So just interesting new research on how ants respond to illness and protect the the whole hive from it's just they're so smart we they're just get, they're becoming clearly smarter than us yeah i just can't figure them smarter out than uh to go back in time it might help to go backwards in space volunteers in a study did better in a memory test if they walked backwards before taking it i've done this all my life or if they simply imagined backward 
moving backwards. Amen. Okay. Let me tell you that again. Volunteers in a study did better in a memory test if they walked backwards before taking it or if they simply imagined moving backwards. And there's a crazy guy in Prospect Park who jogs backwards. I jog backwards sometimes too, and I'm not crazy. And finally, some good news. It's good for your calves. It stretches out your calves in a different way. And it's also just good for your integration and your full body running. Anyway, some good news. The Scottish Parliament vow... uh, Some good news. The Scottish Parliament vote... Some good news. The Scottish Parliament voted to back an amendment that will ensure the effective protection of kelp from destructive harvesting. This follows a dramatic U-turn by the Scottish government yesterday when it suddenly announced its support for an amendment that it was previously planning to vote down. The beds, the kelp beds, are known to provide vital nursery grounds for many species of juvenile fish. They are also highly valued for their carbon storage capacity. And protecting these and other repositories of blue carbon is essential for healthy seas and for action against climate change. In addition, kelp beds perform a critical role in coastal protection, buffering against coastal erosion and the impacts of storm damage through absorption of wave action. The targeted wholesale removal of large old growth fronds from these kelp beds would substantially reduce their ability to provide these vital free ecosystem services. So the Scots are uh, protecting their kelp beds. Thank you, Scottish Parliament. Amen. And may you be free as well from the empire. And now... The empire is going nuts over there. Seems like the Brexit is about almost as embarrassing as Trump. I mean, Theresa May. Wow. <laughs> Trump just sold her out this morning, too. Just threw oh, yeah. her under the bus. Wow. Wouldn't want to be her today. Um, is that vote taking place today? I don't know if it's today or tomorrow. It's this week. Anyway, um, we would like to turn now to a recording we made yesterday of our dear friend and bass singer, Ravi Ragbir, executive director of the New Sanctuary Coalition. And he is down at the uh, border of San Diego and Tijuana, uh, where it's expected as many as 13,000 caravanistas will arrive or have arrived. And where a uh, chaotic pitched battle is brewing between the Mexican and the U.S. governments, as well as people on the ground. And what's what's at the heart of this story? Some human beings who are trying to live. They really have no choice but to, they have fled an impossible gangland. You know, climate change, change has made it more difficult to raise food in, in Honduras, uh, they have done what they could, and now they believe in life. They believe that the most important thing, and they're right, is their children, is their lives, and they're trying to go where they need to go to live. And we welcome them. We Absolutely. welcome them. Many Americans do. Absolutely. And as Billy uh, said once in a sermon that he gave, you know, w- what law is stronger than the law of parenting your child in this way like if you have a child and you have no food what is it you're supposed to do look for food this is the most basic imperative that humans have once they have children love is the defier of laws that's That's, right emma goldman said that the molder of human destiny amen so 
Love will rule the day somehow, but I'm afraid that there, uh, there might be uh, violence over the next hours. And, and currently, as we speak, um, there, there, will, there will be brave people who sacrifice themselves. And I want to apologize in advance for some of the poor sound quality. They're standing on a bridge above the border, and they're talking about the border crossing. So just to paint the picture for you a little bit, uh, this is a, a, a massively militarized region. It, it, it looks like an airport under construction, basically. It's like lots of pavement, lots of weird lanes, lots of weird traffic divisions, uh-huh. uh, things that hang over, security fences. Uh, if you can imagine the most complicated, thorny, knotted up little piece of Heathrow Airport and then expand it. That's what the the San Diego-Tijuana border looks like. And then there are these pedestrian bridges that kind of arc over it that many, many people walk across every day to go to work because people uh-huh. commute across the border. Uh, so w- what we have here is Ravi Ragbir uh, talking to a representative of uh, Borders Sin Fronteras, you know, uh, and uh, you'll hear what they have to say. Take a listen. Ravi Ragbir. I'm going to ask heaven to introduce herself because every one of us has a role to play. And she is convening and coordinating with um, Reverend Kaji Dusha with the New Sanctuary Coalition. She works for New Sanctuary Coalition and she's convening, working with the faith leaders to have the faith leaders join us here um, to accompany people through this process. Heaven? Hi everybody, my name is Heaven. Uh, I am the National Action Faith Coordinator for New Sanctuary Coalition. Um, I'm also a faith leader um, in the Baptist Church. Uh, We are convening here with a faith delegation that is currently on their way. They are on the plane as we speak. Um, and these uh, leaders are from different uh, houses of worship, um, and they felt compelled. We all gathered together um, and coordinated this trip because we felt it was our duty, it our moral duty, um, to come here um, and to call out violence, the white supremacy violence that has been enacted by this administration. Um, it is our moral duty, it is our moral obligation to fight against this modern day Pharaoh. Faith leader, and you have not signed that, please go on our website and sign that as well. 
um, to let the people here know that uh, that the faith community is behind them, um, that the faith community broadly from different backgrounds, uh, because at the end of the day we may, you know, we might have different forms of religion, but we're all uh, unified by one moral belief um, and the dignity and the rights of human beings. And so it's really important as a faith community that we get behind that right. Um, and I just want to say, you know, for myself as well, just standing here, it's really important. Uh, I came to this country as a refugee uh, with my family from Eritrea. And so just on a personal note, beyond being a faith leader, I find myself very connected to this work because I could have been one of them. And, uh, you know, thankfully my family was afforded the right to be able to come into this country. And so now it's our job to be able to then give that same right to people here at the border. And so if you are a faith leader, we're calling you not only to sign, but if you are able to come, during our 40-day, 40-night encampment, we ask that you come here and to stand in solidarity, to be a witness, a prophetic witness, because um, that's important, right? We have to be a prophetic witness at this time, in this generation. We don't need, um, you know, more sermons around, you know, uh, you know how to, how to feel good, but we need prophetic witness, people that will speak out against evil and injustice in this country, um, and that is our moral duty. Um, and that is our moral call. And so I'm calling all of you to one, first sign our statement, and then second, to come to the border. Um, and then to be here, to witness what is happening, um, to stand up against the violence. And so I call all you faith leaders uh, to be here based on a moral foundation and a moral call. And so I thank you and I look forward to seeing you guys. Thank you, Heaven. You have to hold us. David, come back here. Um, so just read the comments if we, the wind just blocked the wind from the, the mic. So they, they, we having problems with the sound. Um, we don't know what was going to happen here, so we don't we don't have the proper equipment. We hope that you are getting um, hearing our voices better. Um, you all know my story, right? I, I am, I am facing deportation. They tried to deport me in January. This is not the safest spot for me to be in. Um, the court has said that they cannot touch me, but I should not really be here. But this is a moment where, what do we do? Do we put our bodies on the line? Am I willing to put my body on the line? I am. And that's why I'm here, because we, when we saw the attack of the caravan before the election, we knew it was an election ploy, but we also knew that he was targeting them because he's targeting our community, um, brown and black people. Someone may ask, what about, what about black people? What black people? Well, you know Haitians are black, right? You know Africans are black, right? Um, Afro-Latinas are black. Uh, Afro-Latinas are black. You're talking about the indigenous, Garifunas are black. You're talking about, I'm, I'm black people. I'm not white, so I consider myself black. I, I may have an Indo, um, Indian background, but I am black. And we have to cut this this nonsense that who is who is really black and who is brown and who is Latino because we are all facing this. Millions of people is facing deportation. Look around who you are. And if you think that this is only about immigration, look at what happened when they how they introduced the, the voting rights bill in, in Georgia, in Cali in Florida, in Alabama. It was meant to stop the immigrants from the voting. But that was never the situation. It was never about stopping immigrant fraud, voting fraud, because we do not vote. It was a ploy to stop um, black people from voting. So we are all under attack. And this president, as he says, is a nationalist. If you think that you support him and you are black, I'm, I, 
that's your that's your call. I know and we all know that he is racist. Let's be real. And I hope I offend some people on this call because we need to start offending people to stand up against violence. Uh, we see what is happening on the border. So David is back with me. Um, we are hearing about the the the, um, the violence. Is there anything? It, how can people? They must tell us how are people living? Um, do they do they have resources when they come up here? What what do they have on them that could say that they could they could rent? You know they can they can live in dignity. Do they have money? Do they have food? What, what do they have? Well, people that are coming on the on the caravan are, are everyday kind of people, you know. Um, I think some people might have a little bit of money that they've saved up. Some people come with absolutely nothing, right? But they are, for the most part, some of the most uh, humble, some of the poorest people that come from Central America that, mm -hmm. that, have, that have chosen to band together to take political action. And here's the difference that with the caravan, the caravan has it become from, it has turned something that was just a social issue into a political one. It is it is a political stance that people are taking, that they are banding together, that they are walking thousands of miles, and that they are coming here to demand the right, the, to exercise their right, to actually uh, seek asylum in the United States, right? So, um, so continue, so, so this is, this continues to be part of the, uh, uh, oh. You know, this is. It's, it's facing that direction. Oh, it is, yeah, it is. It is. A, it is. It continues to be this political issue, right? And um, and people have really uh, continued to have, have left everything that they have behind, and are now uh, continue to leave everything that they have behind, and um, all they have left right now is is this caravan, really. And so uh, I think that's also something that really threatens the U.S. government, threatens the Mexican government, knowing that people that are. Um, so that that people that are so that are so humble that people who have literally nothing can come and 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 proclaim this right the the right to seek a dignified life and that the right to seek that seek that dignified life comes above everything else comes above borders comes above nationalism comes above uh, whatever kind of other ploys and militarism that people might want to to put in the way and in, in, in the obstacles of this caravan. So we had to shift position because a gentleman was walking past and he didn't want to be recorded. And I can understand that because he doesn't know who we are. He doesn't want his face broadcast live. He doesn't want anyone to know um, about his privacy because could this put him in danger? Yes, it can, right? We know the vigilantes out there. We know that there is a violent troop out there that is just, um, just violent. And we want to we we want to stand up against this. So now is the moment. Um, you need to go on the website sanctuarycaravan.org so that you will learn where how to act. You will be meeting David in Tijuana to work with the caravans, those ten thousand caravans. Over, what's that? I don't hear you. Okay, I was told to wrap this up, so we are going to wrap this up. But go to the caravan, sanctuarycaravan.org and sign up. You will be learn. You will be helping those ten thousand. We are going to be here forty days and forty nights. And in those forty days and forty nights, we expect that we are going to cross ten thousand people across the San Isidro border, across this bridge that you see me standing here. Um, so that they can they can live in dignity. Um, sign up. Um, 
download the webinars you will have trainings there's an event page that you will see all the events the trainings the, the documents the resources and you could download webinars so if you miss it it will be there but also we donate if you cannot come or if you are coming donate because right now um, this is like a standing rock moment everyone who is coming is coming on their own their own steam we have we have not been able to we have not had the time to fundraise for this we don't have the time for fundraise for this so you have to we all have to participate financially as well as putting our bodies on the line i am going to end it here we are going to have a follow-up live feed tomorrow with our faith leaders who will be speaking um uh, when they come here and when they'll be crossing thank you very much everyone go to the website sanctuarycaravan.org sign up um, and come down to meet David and the rest of the community that is going to be helping the Sanctuary Caravan. Thank you. choir and we're grateful to them for their music um, we are the earth wants you a, a one-hour radical earth performance radio and podcast show with Savitri D and I'm Reverend Billy it's a production of the Church of Stop Shopping we should plug a we should say that Sundays here in New York at the Public Theater. Uh, we're performing um, uh, Sundays through December 23rd in the afternoon, 2 p.m., and you're welcome to join us. The Stop Shopping Choir holds forth. We have our saints and our sermons and our miracles. And what do we have, Salvatry? Lots well, this week on. we celebrate uh, free press, and we'll have m members of the in the Independent, which is our local independent newspaper, forty thousand uh, copies a month, um, or is it every two weeks now? No, it's still once a month. And uh, so we're going to talk about free press and the importance of an independent media right now, and the history of that independent media in New York City, especially. Um, we great songs, a little baby. We're going to baptize a baby, so please come on down. We have, of course, we live in this era when the alternative papers in many cities have been taken over by chains. Uh, we were in San Francisco when the San Francisco Weekly was taken over, and then, and then here in New York, the famous Village Voice, which started, I believe, the whole alternative paper idea, um, was taken over. And um, so we have this local, uh, investigative, non-commercial, uh, the Independent, that's I-N-D-Y, Independent. It, it, it started some time ago. It came out of the 
anti-global anti-globalization movement back in the late 90s um, so it's it, it it has had but it has had a revival lately over the last several years and the independent was the paper that discovered and featured uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, when uh, you know the New York Times didn't even know who she was and no no politician would return her calls you know, she, she uh, uh, was a person who was just going door to door, speaking on street corners, uh, going into the community community rooms and inside uh, the projects, and um, connecting with uh, people who were battered by gentrification and by white supremacy and, and so forth in Western Queens and, and the Bronx. And she won in a landslide and has become the, the image of the possibility of a new, uh, not just a new kind of Democrat, but a new kind of uh, uh, elected uh, democratic, democratic. She sure doesn't elected. act like a Democrat. I like that. <laughs> There's a new kind of democratic Democrat. socialist, which is what Bernie calls himself, mm -hmm. Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Let's get that Green New Deal, Alexandria. You can do it. So the independent is honored. They are the staff is going to receive sainthood this Sunday at Joe's Pub at the Public Theater. And now, Extinction's Got Talent. And this week, the Sun Bittern. The Sun Bittern is a cryptic bird that displays its large wings, exhibiting a pattern that resembles eyes when they feel threatened. The Sun Bittern consumes a wide range of animal prey. Insects form an important part of the diet with cockroaches, dragonfly larvae, files, Katie dids. I think that's meant to be flies. The sun bittern consumes a wide range of animal prey. Insects form an important part of the diet with cockroaches, dragonfly larvae, flies, katydids, water beetles, and moths being taken. Other invertebrate prey include crabs, spiders, shrimps, and earthworms. They will also take vertebrate, vertebrate prey, including fish, tadpoles, toads, and frogs, eels, and lizards. They eat a lot of different things, obviously. Uh, they are one of 12 species of birds in five families that have been described as fishing using baits or lures to attract prey to within striking distance. Ooh. This type of behavior falls within the common definition of tool use. The Hallelujah. <laughs> they live in the northern regions of the South American landmass. And why are they endangered? Uh, like all birds, they are endangered by habitat loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hear the sounds of the sun bittern. Welcome back, listeners. How did you like that? It's always good to go be in, in the nature and hear the sounds of, of creatures and life and time going by. Incredible. Bitterns, uh, I grew up with them out in South Dakota. Um, what was the name of that particular bittern? And the sun bittern, that wasn't it. That wasn't my mm -mm. kind of bittern. But they, um, they hide in swamps. And they look just like 
the verticality of reeds and, and cat 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 tails cat tails <laughs> the, but they the, can also <laughs> when they lift their wings it really does look like a giant predator over there if you had the right kind of vision you wouldn't see a bird you'd see the face of a tiger it's incredible and, and the sun bittern is like these incredible autumnal colors it's like orange and yellow and tawny grass color and just a beautiful bird graceful long face and um amazing amazing the bitterns billy i got a joke for you i got a joke i got a joke okay i got a joke what kind of joke is it what kind of joke it's a knock knock joke knock 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 who's there who 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 you're standing there who's there why ask you're drowning. What? You're burning. Knock, knock. Who's there? Knock, knock. Who's there? Don't change the subject. It's a knock, knock joke. Well, of course. Your identity is molecules. What? The knocking. Yes. Knock, knock. What? Run. What? Swim. What? Scream a prayer. Now? That's better. You're learning. Knock, knock. Who? An American. Really? I'm kidding. Who's there? Animal. Animal who? Not animal. Not animal who? Molecules. What do you mean molecules? Death. The what? Exactly. The what? See, that's how tenacious you are. Go away. Your house is gone. You have no place. What are you? I'm your new place on both sides of your door. You want to be a person. Knock, knock. Culture. What? You're interrupting me. By answering the door? I'm wind. Who? I'm now the wind. What? Now you're drowning. What? But you'll only know that for a while. Who are you? I'm a wildfire. Who is this, really? You're changing the subject. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> <laughs> we want to reach out to our bewildered uh, radio public. How are you out there in the megachurch? Oh, yes. We're doing We're fine. We're coming to the end of our, end of our hour. <sighs> um, I uh, wrote this in a caffeine fit this morning. A little radio play, and Savitri has has uh, helped me prepare it. Um, we have the need right now for a kind of uh, bafflement. We have the need for uh, an acceptance of the mystery of what's going on. Our um, approach to uh, the... Uh, 70 million people wandering across the earth trying to get across borders. Our approach to the many kinds of disasters, human and earthy, that are taking place. Earthquakes, tsunamis, tornadoes, wildfires, droughts, diseases. Our approach has been uh, far too professional. We act as if we already know what it is. We arrive at the disaster with predefinitions which are unearned and they're confusing mm. now just for the first time in recent in the last week or two i read in the new york times that they're actually starting to think about the possibility that uh two or three disasters will happen in the same place at the same time that never occurred to them before because why because they don't they're not they're not connecting the dots and they're not backing away and looking at 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 what we call climate change, but it's many different kinds of disasters happening at once, and it always has been. It's one planet, it's one Earth, it's one 
bioregion. It's one place. And all of this is coming from one expression, one human, one being, one living being is being perceived by human beings. And, and we are breaking it down into issues, breaking it down into different kinds of, of species of disasters. And we have, have no business doing that. Now, one of the, one of the uh, um, uh, most obvious problems with the environmental movement is that it tends to be white, upper middle class. Now, we know this and we've known this for years. The big NGOs, with the profound exception of Greenpeace, but most of them are just coming at you, and they're coming from a very culturally specific place, and they're not aware of that. Uh, some of our best writers, like Naomi Klein, like Bill McKibben, they they write about the Earth, they write about the disasters of the Earth, but they are not they are not allowing themselves to accept all disasters as a part of the earth expressing itself. So the, the inability to, to integrate earth justice with human justice leaves these great writers um, uh, writing these big books and many books that between the, those two, uh, Naomi and Bill, between those two, we have <laughs> probably a dozen books over the recent years which are leading us, are leading the environmental movement. Um, however, they are unable to talk about um, race. And the fact is that the, the disasters that relate to climate change are racist. The, 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 the people get bearing the brunt of, of the, the climate disasters are not white people. And the environmental movement is is white people, and the white people are not talking about the racial dimension in what is happening. So we have not heard that the thousands of people coming from Honduras are coming from Honduras not just because of the gangs, but also because of the climate change impact on the growing season, which has shifted and made it very difficult to grow food in Honduras. So well, you have to talk about the whole thing. Gaia, this living being, we have to learn, and it's going to take starting over. We're going to have to break down the professional language. We're going to have to break down a lot of our attitudes that come out of college and come out of, come out of um, how we come to the subject as, as educated uh, upper-middle-class people. We need to have the ability to be baffled. So much of it is just mysterious. In our little radio play, we're wind on both sides of the door. We're knocking from both sides. We are the earth coming in. We're a superstorm. We're a fire. We're a drought. But what are we on this side? It's inside of us as well. We need to be humble before it, to free our imaginations, to accept it. Because the earth is communicating with us. The earth is a living being, and it has a message. She has a message for us. And right now, even at this late hour, we're not getting it. We're not very good at hearing it. Amen? Earthaluya? Earthaluya, Rev. Earthaluya. Thank you, people, for listening.
That's right. Thank you, Rav. Thank you. And I, I hope all of you listeners have a great week. I hope you you find uh, a way to act today, tomorrow, the next day. Uh, don't forget, stop shopping. It's hard in the Christmas season, but you can do it. Stop shopping. And, Start living. Uh, this is The Earth Wants You with Savitri D and Reverend Billy. We're in New York City. Our producer, Killian Sunderman. We are a project of the Church of Stop Shopping, and you can find us anywhere. Please pass it on to your friends if you can. Crazy, crazy, I have to buy it.